you stand, if you would? We're going to go to Second Peter chapter number one and read a couple of verses, and then go to Second Peter chapter three and read the last verse of that chapter, which is the last verse of Peter's epistles. Second Peter. One and verse number one. Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Grace and peace is multiplied through the knowledge of our Lord. According as His divine power hath. What, what tense is hath? Hello, y'all here today? That, that's past tense. Let's, let's use the modern day word. Has. Has. He has already given us. Has given all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him that hath called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And then... Chapter 3, in verse number 18, Peter's last words of this epistle, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be glory both now and forever. Amen. The Amplified says, verse 18, this way, But grow in grace, undeserved favor, spiritual strength, and recognition and knowledge and understanding of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the Messiah. To Him be glory, honor, majesty, and splendor, both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. So be it. Grow in grace undeserved favor, spiritual strength, and recognition and knowledge and understanding of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I guess for the sake of a title this morning, I want to preach to you on a worthy resolution. A worthy resolution. Father, thank you for the privilege of being in your presence today, whether that's those of us that are able to be here physically 
in this service or those that are watching us online that are also in your presence this morning. Thank you for your presence today. Thank you for everything you've brought us through, everything you're bringing us through, Lord. We trust in you today. Our hope is built on you, the unshakable foundation of your word. Father, I pray that you would minister to us through your word this morning. I pray, God, that you would speak to our hearts today. Pray, Father, that this would be a message, a word that would come from you this morning, not a sermon, but a word that would touch hearts and lives in this place today, God. Trust you and depend on you today, Father, in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Peter's final words, the Lord's final words through Peter, is a, it's not a suggestion. It's not a recommendation. Really, it's a command. Grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I know that some just mock New Year's resolutions and others continue to try. I saw a, a picture the other day on Facebook. It was a mass gathering of people. And the caption said something along the lines of the gym on the first day of the year. And it really is the case. There have been times in the past years I played racquetball at Severna Park Racquetball Club. The first couple of days, maybe even the first couple of weeks of the year, it became very difficult to get a parking spot in the mornings. But give it a couple of weeks and it's back to the old faithfuls. But you know what? There is a resolution that is worth trying to make that is worth making and worth trying to keep, and that is a resolution to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If you and I didn't accomplish anything else this year but growing in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, it would be a successful year. It would be a successful year. Notice, again, the connection in the first verses we read where grace and peace are connected with knowledge and the promises are connected with knowledge. And so Paul Peter summarizes all of it by saying, grow in grace and and in the knowledge. And that word knowledge there is not, it's not referring to just head knowledge. It's not just referring to intellect. It's, it's referring to an experiential knowledge. It's, it's referring to the knowledge that you, what you know because of what you have experienced. 
Many of you have heard me say this. For those of you that may not have heard me say this, my favorite verse in all of the Bible, all Scripture is just as important, but my favorite verse in all of the Bible is in Job 42 and verse number 5 because Job really says, summarizes what I'm saying. He says, I heard of you. I heard of you with my ears, but now I have seen you. With my own eyes. I, I, I've heard people talk about you. I had, I had knowledge of you because, some, because of what someone said. But now what I've been through, I have now seen you with my own eyes. And, and I know that all faith must start by hearing. Paul said faith comes by hearing And hearing by the Word of God. So faith has to begin by hearing. But there is another level of faith that God wants all of us to go to. And that's the level of faith that's not based on what I've heard. It's based on what I've seen. Because to be honest with you, when your faith is still based on what you've, just on what you've heard, it is still shakable. I know that's where faith starts. I know that's where it has to start. But when your faith is just is just based on what you've heard, there, there's still an opportunity for doubt. There, there's still an opportunity for the enemy to come in with unbelief and cause you to question what you say you believe. When your faith is based on what you have seen, What you've been through. What you've seen God do. What you have seen God do. That is an unshakable faith. There are those that say, not just unbelievers, there are believers who will tell you that speaking in tongues is not for us. If I had just heard about that, I might be bothered by that. But I've seen, I've experienced for myself. I know for myself. So it doesn't matter what somebody else says. It it doesn't matter. I have a knowledge. I have an experiential knowledge. And Peter says we are to grow in that knowledge. But he says two things here that... We are to grow in, he says, we are to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Grace is a, uh, grace to me is one of those things that in some ways, for me, it's a little bit hard to fully wrap your, your brain around. It's also from my perspective, a little bit difficult to truly, fully define what grace is. And I, I, I think that I believe that because I think grace is kind of too big to fully explain, to truly put into words what God's grace is. 
But, but just a little bit of explanation here to give a little bit of understanding. According to Webster's Dictionary, grace is the divine favor toward man. The mercy of God as distinguished from His justice. Also, any benefits His mercy imparts. Divine love or pardon. A state of acceptance with God. Enjoyment of the divine favor. Nelson's Bible Dictionary says this about grace. Grace is favor or kindness shown without regard to the worth or merit of the one who receives it and in spite of what that same person deserves. Hallelujah. I want you to hear that again. It is favor or kindness shown without regard to the worth or merit of the one who receives it and in spite of what that same person deserves. God's grace is freely given to you and it is not based on whether or not you deserve it. In fact, you and I don't deserve it. We could never do anything to deserve God's grace. That is, that is a part of the essence of God's grace. It is the giving of what you and I don't deserve. We are not worthy of it, and yet He freely gives it to us. Grace is one of the key attributes of God. Grace is one of the key attributes of God. The Lord God is merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth, Exodus 34 and 6 tells us. Therefore, grace is almost always associated with mercy, love, compassion, and patience as the source of help and with deliverance from distress. Paul says, I want you to grow in grace. Now, I, 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 it was, may have been last Sunday morning, but there was some service recently. I remember in the message specifically making the point that there are, there are different applications to any verse. There are, there are many applications. That's part of the awesomeness to me of the Word of God. <laughs> One little verse can have so many different applications. And, and, and there's a primary application, usually of a verse. There's, there's the main meaning of it, but then there's a lot of other different principles. I'll give you one example. Can I take my time here this morning? Thank you. Okay. We don't have church tonight, so... The Scripture says, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. That, that phrase, I've heard it used and I've actually used it in services with regards to worship. That if we lift him up, he will draw. That's not the primary application of that verse. It's not. The primary application of that verse was referencing his crucifixion. If I be lifted up, However, I don't, think, I, I don't think there's something wrong with using that principle 
in the context of our, is that the primary meaning of the verse? Not, no, it wasn't. That wasn't the primary context, but I think there are principles in other places in Scripture. That's one thing if you're using it in a way that contradicts other parts of the Bible. But I think the principle of if we lift Him up with our worship, we exalt Him with our worship, He is going to draw people. I believe that's a principle. And, And so... I, I, I'm not totally sure to be transparent with you this morning that what what I, I, the I, I, this this verse this this last verse, Second Peter, three eighteen for I think actually a couple of weeks now has just kind of been lingering in my mind, and and, and I don't know that I have the exact explanation of the verse, but I do believe I at least have a principle that applies. So the first thing that Peter said we were to grow in was grace. We were to grow in grace. Then he said we're to grow in knowledge. But he said we are to grow, first of all, in grace. But I, I believe that the context of that, of growing in grace, that that part of the verse is referencing the environment that we are growing in. The atmosphere that we, we are, you are to grow in grace. The atmosphere that you are growing in is grace. The unmerited favor of God, the, 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 uh, the, 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 The divine love, pardon, acceptance with God, a joint enjoyment of the divine favor. That is the environment that you are first of all growing in. How do you, how do you increase God's, how do I increase grace? Preached to you a couple of Sunday mornings ago, one word title, enough. God always provides enough. He told, he told Paul, my grace is sufficient. It's enough. I can't grow grace. How do I, how do I increase God's favor? and How do I make God's favor grow? I think what Peter's saying is, there is an environment that we need to understand we are growing in. Uh... Listen to what Paul says in Romans 6, verse 13. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? God forbid. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey his servants you are to whom you obey, whether of sin unto death or obedience unto unrighteousness. 
Paul said, where sin abounds, grace doth much more abound. He goes on, so should we continue, continue in sin because God's great? No, God forbid. How do you continue in what you're supposed to be dead to? Shall we sin because we're not under the law? We're not under the law anymore. We, we're, we no longer have the law. We're under grace. So we can live however. No, in fact, James, I think, I think it's James, tells us that grace, grace, not the law, grace teaches us. Grace teaches us to deny ungodliness also remember somebody help me I, the rest of that verse is escaping me to deny ungodliness worldly lust live soberly righteously in this present world it's my 92 year old grandmother <laughs> grace Oh, hallelujah. I, I, I feel the holiday whew, still kind of whatever. Somebody needs to hear me this morning, whether you're present or watching online. Grace teaches us those things. Grace teaches us those things. Grace doesn't teach us do whatever you want to do. Live however. That's not. Grace teaches us those things. But the awesome thing is, grace teaches us those things. Because the law is unforgiving. The law is unbending. But grace is merciful and kind. I know some, there's probably some people here this morning and those watching online that, that you, ha- you heard the words out of your own pair. I'm sorry, I cannot fathom ever saying these words to my own children. And I know some of you have heard them, and I am so sad for that. But I, I don't understand how you, when you're, if your child makes a mistake, how you, you stupid idiot. What? I, I, I've been in sitting, I've been at dinners with parents with small children when children accidentally knock over a glass of drink at the table. I've watched his kids give coward in fear. What is up with that? They were goofing off, shouldn't they? Probably were, but don't tell me you've never knocked a drink over at the table. Grace, grace doesn't ignore the wrong. Grace doesn't look at what I've done wrong and say, oh, that's okay, don't worry about it. But it teaches me. But it teaches me with love and kindness and patience. That's what grace does. And Paul says, you're you're not under. You're no longer under the law, but you're under grace. You're no longer in this environment, this atmosphere where you break the rules and you're done. But you are now growing in an environment of grace. I don't think it's getting to you the way it's in here. You're now growing in an environment of grace. 
you're, you're learning. I said it already. I'm, I'm, tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. I'm so glad I've learned to trust Him. I've learned to trust Him. And I'm learning in grace. So that when I stumble and fall, I'm not getting whacked upside my head. When I stumble and fall, grace says, all right, come on, get back up. Let's keep going. We're not quitting. We're not throwing in the towel. We're not giving up. You're not a failure. You're not a failure because you fall. You're a failure because you quit. A righteous man falls and gets back up again. The atmosphere, the environment is grace. I am growing in, I am growing in grace. I I don't think it's grace that's growing. I'm growing. But the environment that I am growing in is a, we talk a lot about safe places today. There is no safer place to be than in the environment of the grace of God. There are, there are, you know, there, there are certain things that grow well, grow better in certain environments. We, 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 uh, we, we know of Holland and tulips. Tulips grow great in Holland. <laughs> oranges. Florida's known for oranges. Kansas is known for wheat. Idaho's known for potatoes. I learned by experiential knowledge a couple of years ago, Maine is known for blueberries. We went on vacation to Maine a couple of years ago, Acadia National Park. and We had blueberry pie like five or six days in a row. A couple of days we had it more than one time. There's something about needing to be in the right environment. For something to grow properly. You and I are supposed to be growing in grace. That's that's where you're growing. Why is it? I, I know I'm the only one in this place that does this. But why is it that when I'm learning and I mess up, I am just waiting for the hammer to drop? I know it's coming. I know it's coming. I messed up. I didn't pray today like I should have prayed. I didn't do what I should have done today. Or I did some things I shouldn't have done today. Oh man, what's I wait a minute. Where are you growing? Where are you growing? If you're growing in grace, no, it's not excusing wrongdoing, but it's also understanding I am learning and grace is my teacher. And so I can grow in this atmosphere and environment that is that understands I'm going to fall, I'm going to mess up, but I can grow in grace. I like to... I like to play golf. If you play golf, most people that I know have a love-hate relationship with golf. And and again, if you've 
If you've never tried to play golf, all you've done is looked at golf on TV or something, and you think it's such a simple game, please let me know. Because the next time I'm just really depressed and having a bad day, I want to take you out to the driving range. That's where you practice golf. You drive. I want to take you to the driving range. I will pay for all the balls. I'll get you the clubs. And I just want to sit and watch you. Because I promise you, laughter doeth good like a medicine. I know, you, you know, you compare golf to baseball. Baseball players hit this 90-mile-an-hour ball, and, and you're just, all you got to do is hit a ball sitting on it. Yeah, let's see. Not saying it's harder than baseball, but don't write it off just because it's sitting there. But, you know, you, 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 you practice, you learn. Again, it's called a driving range if you're not familiar with golf. There's one right up on Ritchie Highway. Been there since before I was born. And, and the reason, one of the reasons you practice at the driving range is because there's really nothing to lose. There's, no, there's really no pressure. If, if I were to take you to the driving range with me, give me a few minutes to warm up, let me start hitting some balls, I, I'm pretty sure, let me finish my story before you mislabel me here as being arrogant and proud. But I'm pretty sure watching me, Sister Mickey, for a few moments, hitting some balls on the driving range, you'd look at me and think, wow, you, you must be a pretty good golfer. Because I can go up there and I can, get, I can pick a club, and for the most part, I'll hit, almost pretty, I'll hit pretty consistent shots that end up in about the same area over and over over and over. In fact, a couple years ago, we were in England. I think it was for, um, I believe we were there for Patrick Hemus's wedding. And Brother Mott and I and Brother Hemus went to the driving range, and, and Brother Hemus was just watching us. And, and uh, I mean, I was hit. He, I mean, he's, he, was, he was really impressed with me. And I, I made the point to him. Unfortunately, who I am here is not the same person I am there. Because when you're on the driving range, again, there's really no pressure. But when you get on the course, it's no longer an environment of grace. Especially if you're playing it all by the rules. It is not grace at all. And, and, and I've done it. For decades now, go play golf, go to the driving range, hit some balls before you start, get loosened up, warmed up. And I mean, just, man, crushing Brother Barr, crushing my driver. I mean, just, and, and, and in a matter of moments, go to the first tee and look like I'd never even played golf before. Why? All because of a change in the environment, in the, in the climate. On the driving range, it was grace. Doesn't matter. If you hit a bad shot, oh well, you're not keeping score. 
you hit a bat if the ball if there's woods at the driving range, not your problem. This there they got to go get the balls. It's their problem. But when you change environments, I, I I don't know how long this is. I haven't heard about this for a long time, but I know the last several years at least. Sports psychology has become a major thing. Because guys in many sports, guys who have physical ability have have mental struggles. They get they get afraid. They they get they get you, you, when when you're doing something governed by fear, you're never going to do it as well as you can. So it's it, this this atmosphere. That Peter tells us to grow in. That is a it's a forgiving atmosphere. It's a merciful atmosphere. Again, the, the, you don't you don't look at that and say, "Well, I, who cares?" Then I just do whatever I want to do. No, no, that's not the response. Because you understand, whoever I. Yield myself to serve. That's what I become the servant of. So while grace, while grace may seem to give to cut me some slack, why would I want to use grace to become enslaved to something? So grow in grow in grace. Grow in grace. I, I realize I am preaching to a group of people physically and online this morning that pray every day more than you really need to. You read more of your Bible every day than you really need to. You are a shining example of love and grace and kindness to every person in the world that you come across. I know I'm preaching to people this morning that never have a bad day. So let me just preach to me today. We we have I'm, I I probably shouldn't say this word with the kids here, but I but we I think we have the dumbest dog that's ever been ever lived. It's really good that dogs don't understand English and what because he would need some real help because sometimes we tell him that he's a hey I I yes I have fallen in love with our dog I don't like your dog I do like my dog I am not now a dog person there is one dog I don't know. I don't know what happened in his first couple of days of life where he was born. He had some traumatic experiences, apparently. He is scared of everything. And I don't understand it because we have never abused him. We've, but. This last the last couple of days we we um we we've had the our garage has been full of stuff from previous houses and moves and you know there's a lot of things that 
seem to be way more important than just going through stuff. And so we continue to just ignore it. And I had an idea. I'm not really sure I want to call it a brilliant idea, but I had an idea. And so Tuesday, I brought the contents of the garage into the dining room. I am very happy to tell you, it's not all perfectly finished yet, but I am very happy to tell you that I have basically completed the process of going through all that stuff. But there, so there's been, I mean, there's been boxes and stuff, all, and you would, you would think that there was like wolves and lions and, in our house. Leo comes to the edge of, from the family room to where you go into the other part of the house. There's a little step up, and he leans as far as he can and looks. There's some bins. There's a table that's not normally in that spot with about three feet to walk through. I'm standing there just shaking. Sorry, he's a dumb dog. I don't know what else to tell you. For months when we first had him, you didn't take him out for walks. You had to take him out for drags. He would, you'd have to pull him down the driveway. I, 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 don't, I don't get that with him. But I understand there are people or kids that have grown up in... I I don't want my kids... One of the reasons we believed in spanking, believed that there was a proper way to do it. You should never spank your child when you're angry. Spanking is not, you know, the way you get your anger out on this. It's supposed to be done properly in a loving way. We we never we never believed in using a hand to spank. It was always something most of the time it was a paint stick from Home Depot. Again, the problem only problem with that is when you're walking through Home Depot with your small children and there's a big old container of paint sticks and they all start yelling out, Mommy, look at all the spanking sticks. Because we, we wanted to send the message, if you're going to get a spanking, if there's going to be something used. Because I don't want you seeing my hand. I don't want to raise my hand and you pull back in fear because you're, you're used to a raised hand might be about to smack you. I, I don't know. It's got to be the devil, I guess. That's, that's the only explanation I can come up with. Why is it that we live... We live. Am I, am I, am I, is this not making sense? Y'all are just all so quiet because you're soaking it all in, right? Okay, all right, I'll, I'll tell myself that. Why do, why is it we live thinking God, this is God's posture, waiting for the moment that we mess up? It's not what Peter said. That's not the atmosphere Peter said we were growing in. I want you to grow. I want you to be comfortable growing in grace. I want you to know that as you're growing and you stumble and you fall, you're not going to get 
busted upside the head because, but grace is going to come alongside you. It may point out what you did wrong, but it's not going to tell you you're wrong. It's going to tell you what you did was wrong, but grace is going to say, okay, now let's get back up. You've fallen, but you can get back up and let's keep going. You can do this. Grow in grace. What an environment, what an atmosphere to grow in. Grow in grace. Listen to what the psalmist said in Psalm 92 verse 12. The righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. I I tried to find out a little bit more about that. I didn't really come across a whole lot of... Uh, explanation that that added to it, but apparently there's something about cedars in Lebanon. There's something of there's there's something about that environment that cedars are. To me, it's saying they're they're not they're not your normal cedars. The, there's something about the cedars in Lebanon. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bring forth fruit in old age. They shall be fat and flourishing. I'm working on that part. (laughs) To To show... To show... I got New Year's resolutions... I'll start tomorrow to show that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in Him. The, the, the righteous are planted in the house of the Lord. The, that environment is even in your old age, you're still fruitful. That's the environment, that's the atmosphere of grace. If you're in the right atmosphere, you can expect the right results. Peter says, grow in grace and in the knowledge. So so I I believe from what I can tell, from what I understand from this verse, that, that again, that first part, that's what he's talking about is where you are growing. The atmosphere, the environment you are growing in. But the second part really is up to you and I. Because growing in the knowledge is something that you and I have to be active in. Grace is the environment, but but growing in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, I've got to actively involve myself in that. I do not grow in knowledge doing nothing. I do not grow in my experiential knowledge of Him without doing something. Ephesians 1 verse 15, I want you just to hear a little bit more this idea of knowledge and knowing Him. Ephesians 1 15, Paul says, For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, the people of God, I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. For I always pray... This is in the Amplified, by the way. I'm just going to read the Amplified, not the King James as well, for the sake of time. 
For I always pray to the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, that He may grant you a spirit of wisdom and revelation, of insight into into mysteries and secrets in the deep and intimate knowledge of Him. You know why why those of us that are here faithfully are here for the most part? (laughs) Because we've gotten some insight to the mysteries, to the, to the secrets, to the deep. We've, we've gotten a deep and an intimate knowledge of Him. The, the, the world looks at us like we're crazy. Why do you do what you do? Why do you, why do you go to church? Why do you go to church three times a week? Why do, you, why do you live the way you live? Because there's some things I've learned. There's some things I've seen. Not, I, not, I don't mean things I've learned that the Bible tells me I have to do. I mean there's some things that I've learned about who He is and what He is that I do what I do because of that, not because I have to do that. By having the eyes of your heart flooded with light so that you can know and understand the hope to which He has called you and how rich His glorious inheritance in the saints, His set-apart ones, and so that you can know and understand, so that you can know and understand what is the immeasurable and unlimited and surpassing greatness of power in and for us who believe as demonstrated in the working of His mighty strength. I want you to know, I want your knowledge to increase of, of, of God, of who He is, of what He is. I don't want your knowledge just to increase of memorizing Scripture. I'm not preaching to you this morning about just knowing more Scripture. I'm, I'm preaching about knowing, about experiencing. Yes, about learning more of what the Bible says, but also experiencing what the Bible says. Knowing that I can trust Him. Knowing that He is never going to leave me and never going to forsake me and having my, my peace multiplied because I know, I know He's in control. I realize this world looks like it's out of control. It looks like chaos. But I know today, I'm not just hoping, I know today that God is in control. I understand to the unbeliever, you may hear that and say, if God is in control, then why is God allowing so many things to go on the way they are? I believe that God is allowing it because ultimately it all works according to His purpose. COVID? Yes, COVID. It all works according to... I've learned that. I've learned it. I've watched it. I've seen it with my own eyes. Paul says in Philippians 3, verse 7, again in the Amplified, But what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. Yea, doubtless, I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge, of the knowledge, Of Christ Jesus my Lord. 
for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dung that I, I may win Christ. Paul says, I take everything in my life and I, I write it off as a loss for the sake of knowing Him. But what Paul is saying is, knowing Him, my knowledge of Him increasing means more than anything else in this world. It's more valuable to me than anything else in this world. I told my kids, I'm not going to give you the details of it because it's kind of a special family whatever. But, but, but I, I told my kids on Christmas Eve morning, there were some things that they had done. In the last day or two before Christmas Eve, we celebrated Jalen and Esther spent Christmas Eve with us. I said, I appreciate the gifts you've given me. I appreciate the presents that you've given me. But, but this other stuff means more than the gifts. I, appreciate, I, 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 I value the gifts. But, but this, this intangible means more to me. The, the time and the interaction is more valuable than what you gave. Paul says, the knowledge of knowing him, knowing him is more important than things. It's more important than stuff. It's, it's more important than my natural accomplishments. It's, it's more important than my resume. He says, I count it all as lost that I may know him. Count all things as lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord. For whom I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dung that I may win Christ. But whatever former things I had that might have been gains to me, I have come to consider as one combined loss for Christ's sake. Yes, furthermore, I count everything as lost compared to the possession of the priceless privilege. Is there any way of getting the Amplified up there for this verse? I know it may not be the same Amplified I have. There's a couple of different versions, but at least it, it's kind of wordy. But I, I, I would I, I'd love for you to try to not just hear this. Yes, f- furthermore, I, I count everything as loss. Compared to the possession of the priceless privilege, the overwhelming preciousness, the surpassing worth and supreme advantage of coming to church. Right? I mean, the epitome of all that we do is it's coming to church. I count all of that as lost so that I can just come to church. No. I count all of that as a priceless privilege, the overwhelming preciousness, the surpassing worth and supreme advantage of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord and of progressively, and of progressively, and of progressively, 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 continually becoming 
more deeply and intimately acquainted with Him. Of perceiving and recognizing and understanding Him more fully and clearly. For His sake I have lost everything and consider it all to be mere rubbish, refuse, dregs. In order that I may win, gain Christ the Anointed One. The priceless privilege of, not the priceless privilege of knowing a religion. Not the priceless privilege of being apostolic. The priceless privilege of knowing Him. I, I can literally, and she can do the same thing for me. I, there are times when I can literally answer for my wife. Exact words she would say with the inflection she would use. Because after 29 plus years, we know each other pretty well. Every now and then I'll still manage to pull it off one time and her not realize I'm just poking a little bit of fun. This, this is not one of the more, you know, meaningful things, but these last several months now, how many of y'all have noticed a bunch of these new cars? It, it's, it's not really matte. I don't know what the proper, but there's a bunch of these new cars that the paint job has this kind of flat finish. I guess they all conspire amongst themselves because there's a bunch of different makes that have them. So for a little while, you know, we'd see and my wife would reference. And now, then for a little while, it doesn't work anymore. Then for a little while, I'd get her. We were like, man, look at all these cars with that flat finish. And she, I know, right? Can, and I'd chuckle and she'd, <clears throat> there's other things. Why? Because... Because I know her. I, I realize you use the word intimate, intimacy, and all we automatically think of is, is, is sex. That's not the word. That's not all there is to intimacy. In fact, there's a lot more to intimacy. The more I know him. I, I, I'm not here if you're a guest today and don't really know much about us. My parents came to this town in 1970, started this church. I was born in 1971, grew up here. Now I'm the pastor of this congregation. I, I, I am not here. I am not here because of them anymore. Now, yeah, there was a time in which I came because I had to. I'm, I'm, I'm here now because I've learned I I've learned some things about him. And I'm learning more about him. And what is so awesome is with everything I've learned about him, I haven't even scratched the surface. I understand getting bored with religion, but I don't understand getting bored with a relationship with Jesus Christ. Ephesians 3.14 Paul says, For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that He would grant you according to the riches of His glory to be strengthened with might by His Spirit in the inner man. I, I want you to know, I, I didn't read the, the, the initial verse of Ephesians, but, but Paul is not talking here to a select group of people. He is not talking, the, the, these words are not written to, to pastors. 
They're not, they're not written to, to, to full-time ministry people. Paul is saying this to all saints of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. I want all of you. I, I, I wish that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith that ye being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height and to know, and to know, not just to hear about, but to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now unto Him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us, unto Him be glory in the church. By Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. I, I want you to know I want you to know the love of Christ. I want you to know the love of Christ. The world struggles with God's love because of the circumstances in their lives and the circumstances in the world around them. But there, there are people that are a part of this congregation. Antioch has got three congregations, but just this congregation alone, there, 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 there are people... Sometimes I think of it this way. There are people that are part of this congregation that, that you're, you're, you, a movie could be made of your life. The story of your life is it, it's as good as some of these other movies that have been made about people. The stuff some people have been through. There's people sitting in this room right now. The things that they, it's, 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 I can't even fathom it. And yet they're still here. They haven't cursed God. They haven't walked away from God. Why is that? Because they have grown in a knowledge of Him and His love for them. And they've now come to learn that I may go through some difficult things. I, I'm going to go through some hard times. Life is not always going to go the way I hope it will go. But I know, I know He loves me. I may not understand everything He allows. I may not understand everything He does. But I know. No, I know that He loves me. I know that He will withhold no good thing from me. I know that whatever He does or whatever He allows is for my good. I have learned that. I'm still learning that. But I have learned. It's progressive. It's continual. Amplified says it this way. Verse 16. May He grant you out of the rich treasury of His glory to be strengthened and reinforced with mighty power in the inner man by the Holy Spirit Himself indwelling your innermost being and personality. May Christ, through your faith, not my faith for you, your faith, actually dwell, settle down, abide, make His permanent home in your hearts. May you be rooted deep in love and founded securely on love. I, I, I mentioned this on a, at the day of our Christmas service in the message, but I, I've been in some awesome worship services, just regular scheduled services, conferences I've been in, national youth congresses I've been to with tens of thousands of people in an arena worshiping and 
Wow, powerful experience. But just a couple of weeks ago, sitting in my living room, not in a church service, not in some kind of church gathering, sitting in my living room and my mother sitting at the piano and her and my dad beginning to sing, sitting there in the living room. The presence of God that swept in my living room. What I'm talking about today. I'm talking about just what we can come here and in some kind of religious gathering, some kind of an experience we may have. But but I'm talking about God settling down. I'm talking about God making you his permanent home. That you may have the power and be strong to apprehend and grasp with all saints God's devoted people, the experience of that love, what is the breadth and length and height and depth of it, that you may really come to know, that you may really come to know, that you may really, not just say you know, but that you may really come to know practically Through experience for yourselves the love of Christ. The scripture says in Revelations they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. Your experiences. What God has done for you. What God has brought you through. That you may really come to know practically through experience for yourselves the love of Christ which far surpasses mere knowledge without experience. I don't know. I know we got two. Yeah, It's more than knowledge without experience. Got any roller coaster lovers here today? They like to ride. Got a few of you. If, if you like to ride roller coasters and somebody else is telling you about one that you ought to ride, there, there, there's just nothing like you experiencing it. it, it you, you can try to imagine it. And based on other experiences, you might have a little bit, but until you've actually literally experienced it, it's just not the same. But Paul says, I, I want you to, ex- I don't want it to just be mere head knowledge. I want it to be an experience that you may be filled through all your being unto the fullness of God. May have the richest measure of the divine presence and become a body wholly filled and flooded with God himself. Grow. In grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Grow in grace. The old song says, learning to lean. I'm learning to lean. Learning to lean. On Jesus, finding more power than I've ever dreamed. I'm learning. I'm learning. I'm learning. 
I started preaching when I was 18. I got the Holy Ghost when I was seven years old. I'm still learning. I want to learn more. I want to know more. And God has provided me with an environment where I can do that without fear, without pressure of having to get it all perfect every time. Sin is sin. If you sin, you need to repent. The beautiful thing is, if you sin, you can repent. If you fall, you can get back up. Grow in grace and in the knowledge. I wonder what this year could be like for every one of us. And forget the big picture, big vision, whatever else. But but what would your life be like December 31st, 2022? If you truly made up your mind, I'm going to grow in grace and in the knowledge of Jesus. I'm I'm going to avail myself. Brother Wright, how do I do that? Well, there's two basic things that we do on our part. Got to get in His Word. Yeah, what what I'm doing here this morning is a part of that for us, and and, and there's other things we do, but you also got to just spend some time, you and Him. Got to pray. I don't know how to pray. Do you know how to talk to somebody? You know how to talk to somebody. You know how to pray. I don't know why everybody, I mean, somehow we all think God is King James English in his vocabulary. You just talk to him the same way. I don't feel anything. Well, it's not about feeling. But as you begin to see different areas, different things in your life where you step back and you have to acknowledge there's no other explanation for that but God. When you start to face some kind of difficulty and sickness or problem in your life and, and there's every reason From a natural perspective, there's every reason for you to be full of anxiety and fear and worry. But there's just this this settledness. I I don't know how, but it's going to be okay. I don't know when, but it's going to be okay. How, How do you know that? Well, I've learned. And that doesn't mean while I'm learning... That doesn't mean there aren't going to be some doubts and fears. But I'm learning. And it's okay to fall. It's okay to stumble while I'm learning because I am growing in the atmosphere of grace. Just where you're seated for right now at least, would you just bow your heads and close your eyes? 
Would you just begin in your own way to talk to the Lord for a moment? If there's something that's been said that has resonated in your spirit this morning, if it's it's the whole message or if there's something in particular that has resonated with you, would you just would you just begin to talk to the Lord about that? And if you can't think of anything else, if you can't come up with anything else to pray right now. Just, just, would you just simply, if this is your desire, and I would be surprised if not every person has this desire, would you just simply ask the Lord right now, Father, help me. Help me to grow in grace and in the knowledge of you. Lord, I, I want to make a resolution this year, a resolution that's more important to keep than any other resolution. I want to grow. I want to mature. I want to develop. I don't want to come to the end of this year and be at the same place in my walk with you that I started this year at. I don't want to come to this year, the end of this year, and be at the same level of maturity in you that that I was when I started this year. I want to grow, and I thank you that I can grow in grace. I can grow in an environment, an atmosphere, a climate of grace. I want to grow in my knowledge. God, I want to grow in my knowledge of you. Not in my head knowledge of you, God. I'm not interested in growing intellectual knowledge of you but I want to grow in my experiential knowledge I want to grow in my knowledge Lord I realize that means there's there's going to be some things you're going to allow in my life that will be the vehicle by which I have to grow there's going to be some struggles there's going to be some trials there's going to be some adversity that that's going to be a part of the process of growing, but if I can trust that you love me and you only do what's best for me, then I can trust that you're going to work out every situation for my good. Help us today. I pray this morning, Father, for every person who is a part of this congregation, those that are present in this building, those that are watching online. I pray, God, that you would help us this year to grow in grace and in the knowledge of you. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, thank you, Lord, for hearing your word that initiates faith. But thank you, Lord, for the things that you've done where we've been able to see with our own eyes witness with our own eyes what you can do those things that have given us the experiences that solidify our faith and our trust our confidence in you in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus In the name of Jesus, lead us, guide us, direct our paths, Lord. I pray 
today, Father, that every person in this place, you would manifest yourself in a personal, real way. Make yourself known, God, in a personal way. Not just knowing you because somebody else told us about you. Not just living off of somebody else's experiences. But living off of our own knowledge that has come from what we have seen you do. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Praise God. Praise God. Amen.